Hey there, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. I am really excited to introduce today's episode because I think it's really timely. And we have just taken a brief hiatus of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. We are back in full effect. My guest is the incredible Brittany Carmichael. As a hairstylist in the salon and a salon owner, Brittany really embodies what it means to build a fulfilling career. And not just that, but she has has focused in on creating joy in her life. And I think it's something that we often ignore. We don't talk about it as much. We're focused on success and, you know, hitting our goals financially and with more tangible markers. But we've talked about it before on the show, success, it's not just about what it looks like on the outside or the check marks we can make on our to-do list. It's also about how it feels, how life feels, how your business feels. And today's episode is going to really dive into that as well as touching on something that I don't believe we've really chatted about so far on the podcast, and that is the energy that we take on from our clients. Now, make sure you stick around until the end of this episode, because at the very end, Britt is going to walk you through an exercise that you can use when you get home from the salon to kind of cleanse that energy and, you know, be able to be more present in your day-to-day life. So, I'm really excited. You're going to love this episode. It was such a fun conversation and Britt really brings the fun and joy into the conversation of self-love and protecting your energy. You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Hi, Britt. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Ever since we met in person, I have been wanting to introduce your brilliance and your magic to my audience. So I'm so happy to have you here. Literally the second I found out you were a Libra at the dinner table, I was like, and that's why I'm in love with you. So thank you so much for having me here. It was so amazing to get to connect with you and put a face to all the beautiful branding work and education that you provide hairdressers. It You're incredible. I The feeling is so mutual. It was one of the highlights of, like, of my trip getting to meet you in person. And I was sharing with Britt before we recorded some of the things. I took a workshop with you and, and your hubby, Chris, and I applied some of the things that you were teaching like right when I got home. And ugh, like the word magic really does sum up what you do. And I'm so grateful to kind of introduce that to my listeners because we love to get a little woo-woo around here. Well, then I'm in the perfect place to share my sparkle magic and I look forward to seeing what we discover together. (laughs) So before we get started, would you mind just giving an intro to who you are, what you do, and how you found your way to the space that you're now in in our industry? 
Yeah. Thank you so much. So I grew up in a really small country town called Farmersville, Texas. I was a star trying to be shoved in a square shaped box and it just didn't work. So I felt depressed a lot of my childhood. I felt like I didn't fit in. I was very alone, but I was very creative and imaginative, quite the visionary at a young age. I was the leader of the neighborhood, bossing all the kids around, like we're going to go on an Alaskan cruise and everything on the left side of the road is dangerous, you know, like just making stuff up because when you live in the country, there's not a lot of entertainment. So I relied on my own visions and creative passions to kind of bring joy to my life. And what I learned is that that really is the driving force behind what I do today is I'm joy led. And my parents begged me to go to college. I was in the top 5% of my graduating class. So I was automatically like, I could go anywhere I wanted. And I was like, I want to do hair. And my mom being a hairdresser was like, please don't, please just (laughs) go to college, just, you know, make, make a lot of money. Like just, I'm like, but I want to do what I love. And I love doing hair. I got into doing hair when I was about 12 because mom wouldn't make me look like Christina Aguilera from, you know, genie in a bottle with the layers and the choppiness. She's like, I don't know how to do the layers. (laughs) So I picked up her razor and started cutting my hair at a really young age. And what I learned is that put the power into my hands of confidence you know, we don't feel good on the inside. So what do we do? We try to make ourselves look good on the outside. So for me, my whole childhood was a battle of learning to love my authentic self just because I was different and I didn't fit in with the crowd and getting to take the power back of my confidence and put it in my own hands, really like the way that it made me feel. I could transform the way I looked on the outside, even if I was feeling bad on the inside. So I don't think my mom realized that was the mission behind wanting to do hair. I think she was just looking through the lens of her fear and how, you know, her life unfolded in a different pattern, but she wanted to be a mom and I wanted to empower women. So we had different missions on why we showed up to, you know, behind the chair. So long story short, small country town did not fit in and it led me to do my own hair and do everyone else's hair. So yeah, I, I'm so grateful. I've been behind the chair for 15 years. And about 10 years ago, I I transitioned my salon to a luxury vegan salon because I had gone vegan in my own lifestyle. And that's kind of when all the woo-woo stuff started happening and it translated into my business too. Oh, I love that. And you know, it's funny because I knew, I already knew we had a lot in common. I also did my first set of foils on my friend when I was 12 and I'm the daughter of a hairstylist. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we have even more in common than we thought before. So now that. you are still behind the chair, but there's this whole other facet to your business as well. Can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. What What do you want to know? <laughs> okay. So what I want to know is I know that you do a lot of... So the, when you and I met, it was at a retreat at a summit, essentially, and you had taught a class on you know, different wellness techniques. And I don't know if that's what you call it, but, (laughs) but essentially I know that you coach women and, and stylists to really harness their mindset and, and focus on self-love. So what did that transition look like? Yeah. Great question. So I was working behind the chair. I loved what I did, but I was overworked. I would stay till past midnight. I never ate. I never stopped to pee. I never said no. I didn't have a day off. Like this is sounding familiar, right? Like 
same pattern we all get ourselves into. I was absolutely in hustle mode and it really led to physical problems. I was quite a bit overweight. I was exhausted all the time. I was on paper like doing what I loved, but I felt miserable inside. And it wasn't until 2012 that I had a massive wake up call when my mom had a stroke that paralyzed her. And having to hold space for someone like that in your life, someone who is your inspirational role model, your like nurturer, you know, that kind of shifted the game. And I reprioritized what was important to me. And at the time when she had the stroke, we weren't even really talking. I had started to go on my own inward journey of self-discovery of like, what, where, where did all this pain come from? Where did all this anger come from? And I was kind of separating myself from my past, my childhood, anything that was contributing to the beliefs that I had currently built based on my past. And that stroke really kind of rocked my world and reminded me of what was important and that we don't, we're not promised tomorrow. And so that journey of watching my mom recover and heal and learn how to walk and talk and like come back to almost normal, like the full moons are tough for her speech, (laughs) but other than that, she's pretty much normal. And that was a decade journey of watching her have to rebirth and grow herself. And so I too went on that journey. I went inward and started asking like, what is this anger from? Like, why am I sad? Why do I hate my body? Why do I struggle with food? Like what fucking empath, like energy overload? Like, is this mine? Where does, what, help, (laughs) you know? So I, I, I spent, I spent the last decade looking inward to heal myself because my mom had this stroke that was a wake up call. And so I, you know, my message, I'd love to share even more on like the journey of that and the tools I've learned, but the message here is don't wait for fucking crisis or rock bottom to make a change. Like your soul is nudging to you. Your body is showing you like the signs that something is off or out of balance. So please do it now. Like start nurturing yourself now. That is such an important message. And like we've, I've kind of talked on this podcast before about that from a business perspective and like, you know, don't wait till, you know, you're like, you're have no boundaries and you're, you know, stressed about money and you're working every hour. But I, I never really thought until you just said that about how that really applies to like, all of your life, really, you don't have to wait until you're in crisis mode. And I mean, your story just, it's one of those things where it's, its you know, that pivotal moment, right, which has led you now to be guiding other stylists and other women when they're not in that, they don't necessarily have to have that crunch time. Do you find that when most stylists come to work with you, it's after something like this happens? Or do you feel like there's more of an awakening in general now? I definitely feel like there's a huge awakening happening, which is so incredible to see because, you know, 10 years ago, I used to joke and just say, people just want to be entertained, not enlightened. But what Mm -hmm. I'm finding now is that we're being enlightened through the entertainment. And if we can find a way to do both, hello Libra, then, you know, I think it makes our journey of the change and the growth a lot easier because, you know, learning to love yourself is not an overnight process. Healing your past traumas and peeling back the layers of pain that you've accumulated, you know, it can be scary. Change can be scary, but it is the thing that is constant and is the thing that we do crave, even though we resist it all at the same time. So if you can find a way to make that change a little bit easier and flowier and more fun because the change leads to freedom and empowerment and lack of fear and lack of stress and more abundance and more freedom and more comfortability in your own skin, like that to me is worth the work. So that's what has led me to step away from doing so much hair 
and really start empowering the stylists who are making a difference. You know, I can impact one, two, three, five clients a day, but if I pull back and share my message to a, a bigger perspective, a bigger audience, then that has the power and the impact to then create a huge, massive ripple effect. So if I'm empowering stylists who empower their communities, then I feel like that is like the best use of how I can share what I've learned in healing my own shit and managing my energy to create abundance behind the chair, you know, making an impact and an income. Again, we're Libras. We want both. It's important to have both. It's just prioritizing one. But for the the most part is we prioritize the income and not the impact. And when you reverse that order, you create massive wealth and success for yourself instead of staying in hustle culture. Ooh, that is... (laughs) That is just like so powerful. I'm just kind of like absorbing what you just said because I think, you know, when I when I zoom out a little bit, it's almost like like what you said. It's like as stylists, so like on that on that client to stylist level, like I'm thinking back to some of the times where you know we hear all these things from our clients, right? And sometimes it's happy news, sometimes it's sad news, but. I 100% relate to taking on that energy, right? So like my mom always says, like when I watch the news, I take on what is happening in the world as though it is like my burden to bear a lot of the time, which is something I'm definitely working through. But like, I think that, you know, when you're in a space where you work with people all day, whether it's like the other stylists you work with, the, you know, your clients, whatever that is, it can be really hard to manage all that energy if you don't have a way to protect yourself and particularly if you're not aware of it. So I think you're absolutely right in saying that like by impacting the stylist behind the chair who is then knows how to manage that energy and how to like, you know, spread that to their clients, to the people they work with, you're right in saying that that is having a huge ripple effect on just people in general. So I think that's really amazing. Yeah, I I don't think hairdressers realize the power and impact they have in their hands, not just the scissors, but like the heart. When I go into the salon on the days that I am there, I always start with the mantra, like I'm here to create beautiful hair and beautiful hearts. And it wasn't always that way. So I think first knowing that you as a stylist are the artist, you have the gift. We value the client's money as if that's the power, but that isn't it. It's us. They're coming for our experience and what we provide for them. And we just don't give ourselves enough credit and just our impact as just on a soul to soul level, not just because we're great artists and make people feel and look beautiful, but just valuing yourself in general. And, you know, to touch on being an empath and picking up people's energy. The problem is, is that our subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between what is imagined and what is actually real. So when your clients are telling you those stories, think about it. We're fucking visionaries. We're creatives. We see art. We see the colors. We see the dimension. We see that next hairstyle for our clients. So we're using our imagination all the time. And that is our most powerful manifestation tool. And so when our subconscious is imagining the stories of drama and pain and sadness that our client is telling us, because you can't help but imagine when she's talking about breaking up with her boyfriend and fighting at dinner, you just watched it in your head, whether you realize it or not. So you're signaling to your body to create those types of emotions to 
respond to that experience. Same is true if you've watched The Notebook. If you've cried watching The Notebook, then you now know that your subconscious is what was controlling that because no one died in your front living room. You know, no one died sitting next to you in the living room right there watching the movie. Like you're projecting stories in from your mind and creating a subconscious, like visceral response in your body. Yeah. Oh, I relate to that so hard as someone who has cried many, many, many times during the notebook. Actually, (laughs) I feel like I cry further in advance anytime I watch something like that because I know what's coming. And so it's like you're you're pre-feeling the feelings. So I never quite thought of it like that. That's really interesting. You mentioned something earlier that I was like, ooh, that's good. So you know when you are, I guess, beginning the journey, one of the things you said was you felt very angry. And I can fully relate to that, like at certain points in life, feeling just like, for me, what, what I noticed when I kind of started looking within, when I was like, you know... It, it all happened in like 2020 when everything, you know, things, our routines got shifted and I started kind of looking inward and I'm like, you know, it's like this anger is like, you know, coming from a need for me, at least was a need to control everything and being unable to. So if you're someone who's really struggling with a lot of anger, like what are some of the other signs that you maybe need to take a look inside and start thinking about the healing within you. Gosh, any of the signs would be that something in your life doesn't feel good. If something Mm -hmm. in your life isn't feeling good, then something internally is off. It's just a reflection to remind you that you're in control of the experience that you're having and how you respond to it. And when we're unconscious to the self-sabotage, which how would we know if we're doing it? (laughs) If, you know, like how would we know in the cycle? It's like when you're waking up with that awareness that you can see the patterns and then disassociate and say, oh, I recognize that. I'm not choosing to do that anymore. So to me, the signs are everywhere from does my body feel good? Do I have energy? Am I tired? Is my sleep off? Are my relationships good? Is my bank account flowing? Are clients coming in? You know, is my relationship healthy? Am I being intimate? I feel like everything is a sign to always point back to go, you know, I think of life as a video game where we're filling up our little buckets on each little thing and it's hard to do them all at once. And so sometimes in seasons in our life, we have to really focus on relationships or growing the business. And then when we recognize that something is out of balance, something feels off, then that's Mm -hmm. our job to go, Hey, now maybe I just need to prioritize and focus energy into a new area that I've built, you know, I've built up over here and now I need, this is lacking. So I need to build up over here. So to me, it's just about fine tuning every step of the way. There's never going to be a perfect, like, this is the perfect moment. It's going to last forever. It's always <laughs> shifting and changing. I mean, last year I write myself a birthday card every year. And last year I remember writing life is simultaneously amazing and sad at the same time because I lost my dad last year and my business was growing massively, like all the dreams that I've like planted seeds for, for the last decade are really like genuinely happening. And so there's so many things to celebrate and be so grateful for, but yet something so sad and tragic is also happening in my life. So I think it's really just about recognizing that there's never going to be a perfect state of like, everything is perfectly balanced and in harmony and it's going to stay this way. And the same thing I'm doing today has to be the same thing tomorrow to keep it there. That's where we get messed up. We like find one tool or one routine or one way that works for a minute, but we keep using the same tool when we don't need it anymore. So I think the real message is if something feels off in your life, that's just a way to to get you to take a step back and go, hey, what's off and what do I need to take responsibility for and fulfill Mm -hmm. that, whether it's release, let go of or add more of. 
Right. So do you think that the beginning, and this is just a question that I'm, I'm just so curious, like, cause you, like we talked about all these different areas, but like, can we talk about self-love and that bucket? And do you feel like everything comes back to that? I mean, absolutely. It's called self-love for a reason. No one else can really give it to you. And that's the whole goal of this experience as a soul in this human planet is to find that love and appreciation for yourself to stop seeking validation and approval from others. But our culture isn't really set up for us to succeed in that. We're always looking for that leadership validation or approval of our great ideas. Or, you know, for me, in my case, in the struggle, my self-worth, my body issues, all the things that really came from trying to seek love and validation through sex as a young girl and never getting fulfilled in that way. And it wasn't until I did a hypnosis session with my husband on forgiveness. And you imagine this listening chair. This is one of the most powerful things I teach in Shine School. You imagine this listening chair in front of you. And in the listening chair, you put all the people that you need to like get out, like purge all the things, all the feelings, like all the anger that I was holding on to. And anger just represents that something is unfair. So I put all these people in the chair. I put my mom in the chair. I put my stepdad in the chair. I put my uncle in the chair who called me Brickney when I was eight years old. And for the first time in my 30 something years of being on this planet, I realized that the seed planted in my mind from my uncle by calling me Brickney at eight made me believe that I was fat. And so I carried this story of I'm fat because one day he went to pick me up as a joke and said, Oh, Brickney, it was, it was playful. It was meaningless. It was, it was, it wasn't meant to be harmful, but the problem is, is our mind doesn't develop a critical factor, basically the ego until about age 11 or 12. And anything planted in the subconscious mind up into that point becomes your automatic blueprint for your belief system. So my belief system was I'm fat because my uncle called me Brittany as a joke one time and that I needed to get love through sex. That was, I don't know, I had a stepdad at a very young age and I had abandonment issues from knowing that I had a father that what a real father that was in jail. My eight-year-old mind doesn't know the difference that he was a fuck up and he didn't choose that he didn't love me to go away. That was his own issue. But our, our younger child, our inner child doesn't know that. And so I'm putting all these people in the chair. And then finally at the end of it, he said, is there anyone else you want to put in the chair? And I put my 19-year-old self in it. And I, she showed up quite a bit overweight, like fucking eight piercings in her face, like crazy mullet rainbow hair, like girl. And I just said, honey, why were you so angry? That was the question that came out, which I was shocked witnessing myself ask myself, like, why were you angry? It's kind of crazy. It kind of sounds a little crazy now that I'm hearing it out loud, but I asked her, why were you so angry? And she said, because I had so much love to give and no one to give it to. And what I realized in that moment, and it healed all the self-hate. I mean, I took practice of like, how do I fill myself up now? But it was finally the missing key of why do I hate myself? And it was because I was trying to get love outside of myself instead of giving all that love I had to me and then offering that overflow of love to others. So that was a big piece for me to start looking at, at what does self-love mean for me and no longer seeking it outside of myself, but asking what fills me up, what lights me up. And when I ask my guests in the salon, this is the one question I ask every single guest you can guarantee that's going to start an intimate conversation that leads to great rapport is what are you passionate about? And most women don't know. And that's where it began for me was, well, what am I passionate about? I love doing hair, but beyond that, 
most women, of course, they of course, stylists love doing hair. Why would you be, do- if you're not doing hair because you're not, I don't know what you're doing, but like, cause it ain't easy. You're standing on your little feet. It's crazy. Like, what are you doing? Why are you sacrificing your body for that? If you don't even love doing hair, but beyond doing hair, what lights you up? What are you doing outside of the salon that brings you joy? And most stylists that I talk to again, say, I don't know. So it's not just my clients. It's also stylists. I don't know what, I don't know what my passions are. And for me, figuring out what brings me joy is the thing that allowed me to then start making space to do more of that. Because how do we know what to do in our self-care routine and plug that time into our calendar if we don't even know what to do for ourselves of what would bring us joy, what would make us feel more peaceful? So it's it's really a, a journey of exploring you and figuring out what your preferences are and knowing that there's no wrong fucking answer. Oh, that was such an enlightening response. Thank you for that, Brittany. You know, when you ask people, what are you passionate about? I wonder if the reason that it's so hard to answer is because nobody has ever asked them that before. I can't think of a time that someone's asked me that. It's really such an impactful question because it's it's just something that I've never truly taken the time in those words to answer, you know? Well, then my first advice is everyone hit pause, grab a journal and ask yourself, what lights me up? What brings me joy? And you know, what's interesting, Jody, out of the thousands of women that have gone through shine school, what is the most fascinating thing to me out of the whole experience? I mean, I talk about manifesting, forgiving, healing your past, inner child, like making friends with your inner mean girl. We do some cool shit in there. But the thing that really I take away from the whole thing is that on that lesson in module number two, I mean, we're, it's just right in the beginning of the journey. It's not even like, Let's get into the like crown chakra, like seeing dead people kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like it is really about what lights you up. That question, the answer, everybody comments the same. Every single answer that every person that has ever fucking taken that lesson, they, they'll write their list out in the comments. What lights me up? And every single thing on that list, Jody, is free. Every single, every single one of them, every single one of them taking a walk, talking to a friend, laughing, taking a bath, sleeping, wow, playing with my dog, calling a friend, like yeah, free, free. Yeah. It, we think that self-care has to be like freaking six nights at the Ritz first class. Like, no, it's the little things on a consistent daily basis that you plug into your life that bring you joy because life is fucking cray. And things are going to hit the fan and people are going to die and friends are going to project crazy shit onto you and people are going to judge you and it's never going to stop. So you can either let them judge you and you're judging you too, or you can let them judge you and you love you and you don't give a shit about what they think. You know, the best quote I've ever heard, this is my mantra. This is what keeps me going all the time is by Georgia O'Keefe. And she says, that's it. I've settled it for myself and all flattery and criticism will go down the same drain and I am quite free. And that has been the basis of all that I teach is we don't need anyone's compliments and we don't need their fucking criticism either because we got enough of that on our own and we might as well start to learn to be our own best friend so that we can make our time with ourselves a little bit easier. Because if you think about it, you're the only one that is with you 100% of the time. Not your mom, not your husband, not your kids, not your clients. You are with you your entire lifetime. And so that is the number one relationship to cultivate. And that is why self-love is the only true love. 
That is so, so powerful and so true. And I remember you walked us through, was it you or Chris maybe walked us through an exercise at the workshop that you, you taught at the summit that we were at together. I'm probably going to totally, totally butcher this, but it was like, you know, when someone like gives you like criticism or compliment or whatever, it was like viewing it objectively and deciding whether or not to take that on was something that really resonated with me in that day. Yeah. So we, it's our plexiglass routine and we usually teach that at like really high level events that we do because this is one of the most powerful things because people are projecting onto you all the time. And as an empath, we're used to taking that on and absorbing everything because it seems natural. Like, oh, we just feel it all. Right. And we think that if we feel other people's pain, that takes it away from them. But the problem is they keep it because they're just dumping, but not to release. They're dumping, not to, there's a difference between dumping and releasing. They are dumping and you are picking it up and you now feel bad and they now feel bad. And now you both feel bad and you don't know what to do with it, especially if you're not someone who's trained with tools to release. So my best practical advice for stylists to let go of all the shit that they pick up from their clients all day, first and foremost, like you mentioned, protect your aura before you go into the salon. Imagine yourself in a glowing bubble. Mine has like rainbow shooting out of it, glitter, fireworks, doves. Like it's like gotten elaborate over the years, but just imagine yourself in a cocoon of energy that is separating yours and theirs. So that way, if they're saying things to you that don't feel good, you can just say return to sender. And that aura is that quick millisecond, you know, like, does this feel good? Yes or no. If it's a no, send it back. If it feels good, take it in. I'm not saying I'm going to deny the compliments. That's definitely one of the lessons in shine school is stop, you know, denying the compliments that are giving, but don't rely on them. Yes. Okay. I love that. So it's like, it's not something that you need. It's not your, cause that was actually to be totally honest. One of the things when I transitioned out of being a hairstylist into, you know, coaching and mentoring full time one of the craziest things to me was that shift because as a stylist, you create the thing, right? Your client loves it. Like we get told how amazing we are like five or six times a day, every day, or no, however many clients you have, right? And then when you go into this like different sphere, it's a lot of front end work, right? So you're you're pouring your heart and soul into something that no one has even received yet. So they can't tell you how amazing it is. And that was a weird shift for me which I think probably prompted why I got so much more into that like personal development and really learning to start like relying on that because it's, yeah, I mean, it's just such a different thing when you are content and getting compliments versus when you're like getting validation. Absolutely. And I also think that's why it's so important to follow what drives you and what lights you up because you're not being fueled by other people's validation. You're being fueled by inspiration. It's coming from within. You're passionate. You're mo- you don't need motivation. That burns out. Motivation is a short joyride to just a quick, it's a quick distance. You know, it can only take you so far. So you have to rely on that internal inspiration, that enthusiasm, that vitality of this is my mission. This is like, what I want to leave behind. This is the legacy, how I want to impact and change the community. It's like, you've got to figure out what that drive is for you to have that sustainable lifetime of dedication. If you can't commit to two years to growing a project or idea, it's not even worth it because it's going to take time for all of that to grow and to develop and to bloom. I mean, like 
people are looking for quick results, but this is about a lifetime and a legacy that we're leaving behind. And that's why we have to be intentional of that shift. And that's Mm -hmm. usually who I'm attracting into my practice is people in a transition, specifically hairdressers wanting to find that soul calling of like, I know I love serving people, but I have this message or this piece of wisdom that really helped change my life. And I want to share that with more people. How do I do that? How do I use my like natural intuitive empath healing abilities to you know, ease people's fear or build courage in them. So I, I'm finding and seeing that a lot more hairdressers are feeling called to take that step from out behind the chair and say, Hey, here's this piece that really helped me to grow beyond, you know, where I felt stuck. And I I really love empowering those like on that mission to follow what their soul is calling them to do. Not that hair isn't it. Hair is definitely, you know, like hair's that common thread keeps us all connected, knowing that we're all here to serve. Yes. And it's, you know, I, I know that my listeners, like we are a community of hairstylists who are not in it just for the paycheck, like they're purpose led, they're vision led. And I know that what you said is going to deeply resonate with my listeners because of, you know, it, it's, it's not so much about what you do. It is about what you do, but it's also about like the driving force behind it. I feel like. Yeah. And, you know, when I look back at, and I'm sure this is true for so many people, but when I look back at all the different careers that I've cultivated as an entrepreneur, from being a hairdresser to starting a photography business, to doing a coaching practice, to hosting retreats or creating an Oracle deck. When I look at all the different creative expressions of myself, Mm -hmm. there's a common thread beneath all of them. And that is empowering women. And so I find that if we can find that, like, what is that common thread between all the creative talents and expressions? and the things that light me up, like if you can throw all that onto paper and kind of look at it from an objective standpoint and go, okay, well, I love to do hair. I love to bake. I love to garden. I love to bring people together. If you start to like drop out all those things that you just naturally like to do and people come to you for, you probably are overcomplicating it and making it a lot harder on yourself. But all you have to do is figure out what is that thing you enjoy doing? Like, what do you bring to the table? And then you get to decide how you want to bring it to the table. And some Sometimes I bring it in dessert and sometimes I bring it in an appetizer and sometimes I bring the whole course. You know what I'm saying? It just depends on the time and place and how and what amount of energy I have to give. Oh, I'm picking it up. I love that. That's so good. Thank you so much for sharing your light and your sparkle magic, which I've heard you say so many times. And I, after meeting you in person, I was like, yep, that's absolutely what you have. (laughs) So thank you so much for being here. Where can my listeners go to like connect with you more, find out more about you? Tell us about ways that we can like work with you and learn more. Yeah, absolutely. So my website is the Sparkle Magic Mecca. You can find all of my programs, my offerings. I've got free self-love resources from meditations to confidence masterclasses that I am very excited to get people into this journey of taking care of themselves and investing their time and their self-care because we've done it the other way and we're starting to see the effects of that and that it's not really fulfilling. So I would say start on the website to really get all the Sparkle Magic, all the resources everything that you can get 
from me, from the podcast, like so many free resources. So start there. You can learn about my programs and my coaching through the website. But if you really want to connect, you have a question, something came up, an aha moment, find me in my DMs on Instagram at the world by Brit. I love hearing from you. I love giving resources from books to breath work, to yoga practices, to whatever is called for to help you along your journey of healing and self-discovery. So please don't hesitate to reach out. I only buy a little bit, but you'll love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you again. This was so much fun. And I'm, I can almost guarantee, I feel like this won't be the last time that you're on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. There's so many things to explore. You know, self-love is definitely the foundation, but beyond that, once you've gotten that self-love and you know how to fill your cup, you know how to manage your energy, the next steps really are how to be in service, how to give that gift, how to share your sparkle magic. And you know, I've been saying that since I actually learned this at Hair Love Retreat this last week. I have been, I was sharing a story and I had this massive epiphany. It hit me like, oh my God, I've been saying sparkle magic since I could talk. Like I used to always say it as a little girl, like sparkle magic. Cause I had this little doll that had a crown on her head and you pressed a little jewel in her belly and it would light up the whole room with like a, like a holographic design on the ceiling. And I would always say that's sparkle magic. Like we all have this like sparkle magic shining from within us that if we would just activate our freaking goddess power, that we could just shine bright and illuminate the world without even trying. But when we try, you know, we diminish that light. We just have to be. Oh, I love that so much. Thank you again for being here. The episode is not over yet. So join me as Brittany walks us through an exercise for how you can cleanse your energy when you get home from the salon. I think that you are really going to love this. Okay, so now you know that you need to walk into the salon and protect your energy. Build that beautiful auric bubble around you. You can make it whatever color you want. So you protect yourself going in. Now, when you get home, what you do, the first thing that I do, Chris and I started doing this before. Uh, without even knowing that it was clearing some of the energy. So if you have a partner and you want to share, if you're someone like me who shares with their partner, the first thing that we, we do is that we go outside and I tell him all about my day. Here's what happened. Here's what I learned. Here's all the cool stuff we need to try, the new recipe I learned, and here's the heavy stuff that I need to like share and get, out of, get off my chest. So we make sure that we create that conversation in a neutral area that I'm not bringing into my home so that I don't come home and I'm like, oh, freaking Karen, she just drug me down all day because I don't want to bring that home. I got to go home and cook dinner, be a wife, a freaking like animal mom, you know, like I need to take my hat off at the door. So that was the first thing that we started doing. And then the thing that really made the difference that I noticed dramatically increased my level of vibrancy and energy being at home, because how many of you get home and freaking crash? You're exhausted. You're tired. You don't want to eat. It's just like this bad cycle and routine that we get into. But what I found that shifted that was I would come home, immediately take off my clothes and get in the shower. Because when you get in water, your aura naturally cleanses. So all of that energy that you're picking up from the day gets washed away. And then to make it extra powerful, all you have to do is set that intention. I'm now washing away all the energy that no longer serves me, that I picked up today, that is not mine. I return to sender. And I imagine all that energy as a color. 
as we're, we're creative colorists. Okay. So I imagine it today, it feels like brown and it is going down the drain. And I imagine all that brown energy washing off my body and I don't wash my hair, girl, this pink, you know, it's got to last for a while. So it's not about doing the whole hair washing and shave your legs. It is just an or energy hygiene or a cleanse. So cleanse that aura, send it down and then put on a new outfit because our clothes also pick up that energy. So if you're wearing the same freaking clothes every day and you aren't, you know, at least saging them or spraying a little perfume to cleanse that energy, then you're taking on yesterday's clients into today. So take a shower that I know you're tired. I know you're hungry, but it will give you infinite amount of energy. Ooh, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that exercise. And that's something that is such a simple but powerful thing that yeah. stylists can implement. Weird. Like if you're listening to this, you could implement that tomorrow or today when you get home from the salon. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.